I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody we are back it is episode 177 of the outside the box podcast part of the underground sports philadelphia podcast network kb coming at you from underground studios and joining me as he has since uh we discovered him taking a 16 hour drive from michigan the one and only dj what is up people loving my spot here one of the, not even one of the best lacrosse podcasts out right now. We're just out here vibing, you know, you doing the listening. damn thing. You're not listening to other lacrosse podcasts right now. Especially when we drop the news on your heads of who's coming on the pod next week, which we might do at the end of the show since it's confirmed now. But we'll tease it. But before we get into that, we're going to recap everything that happened on Long Island. We're going to get into Minnesota. We're going to get into these all-star rosters, and uh, we're going to get into the NLL news that came out with the TV deal. Very exciting stuff with that. Uh, but before we get started, couldn't do this podcast without our kick-ass sponsors, the homies at Tomahawk Shades. DJ, with the with the name image likeness stuff coming out, they got the Tomahawk Athletic Club is now available. They got the merch on the website. You can get your Tomahawk Athletic Club merch. The blue light glasses is National Video Game Day as we record this. Give us the lacrosse video game. I tweeted out the link to our episode. Go listen to that. Blow that bad boy up. It's our most listened to episode for a reason. We need a lacrosse video game. Let's get it happening. Like we we are that much closer to letting it happen now that the name image likeness thing is out of our way. Uh, but Tom Oxshay's got the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, plus it's owned by two guys in the league. Kyle Harrison, Chris Hogan, which we'll get into the Chris Hogan trade as well, because I don't think we've touched on that yet either. A lot to get into this episode. Uh, Tomahawk Shades, they're the best small batch eyewear in the game. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use our code USP. You get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP for 25% off at TomahawkShades.com. The homies at Stateside Vodka, also proud sponsors of this podcast. It's the summer of Stateside. Go to statesidevodka.com. Get the vodka soda party pack. It, it's the best in the game. It's got the actively hydrating electrolyte infused vodka. Real juice. 95 calories. Only two carbs. You can't beat it. Statesidevodka.com. Get the party pack of the vodka sodas. You got to be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. And of course, our friends at Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who has Kenny's on tap. And you got to be 21 or older. 
to crack open an ice cold Kenny. And of course, guys, please drink responsibly. DJ just uh, peaced out. Um, so I'll wait for him to get back in. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> I just I said DJ peaced out, so uh, I'm gonna wait for him to get back in the room. I have no clue what just happened. I just looked <laughs> up and it was gone. I was like, oh my. That was hilarious. Um let's let's kind of quickly recap Long Island. It was one hell of a weekend. I was there, it was filled with rain, uh, and people thought it was raining harder than it actually was. I was there, guys. I'll let you know. It, it it rained pretty decently, but it wasn't like pouring down rain. It wasn't horrible. You could be outside. Um, Long Island was great. The vibes were immaculate. The stands were packed. Um, great games overall. Chrome beating Archers 8-7 to seven on Friday night. Came down to the wire. Heacock on Peacock strikes again. What a menace. Just uh, I need the Ming for president shirts printed from the PLL. I need Heacock for president. Heacock on Peacock shirts. Like, need it all. He's a beast. He's got an immaculate jawline, too. Just automatic. Boost the points in the video game for Colin Heacock. He's a monster. Dude, Colin Heacock is unreal. He's ridiculous. The, the our listeners that follow me on Twitter know every time he scores, it's Heacock on Peacock. That's, Facts. That's my favorite hashtag right now. Like it's got to be said every time. It's like if he's hashtagging it, you know it's uh, you know it's a big deal. Huge deal. Like that man is. I don't know how he does it. Like it's crazy. He, just came out, he was a little shaky in his debut, and then that next game, he just erupted and he's been good ever since yeah he's been on an absolute tear uh the redwoods score the most goals in a game in franchise history they win 19 to 16 against the water dogs uh this was a a much needed win for the redwoods big time win on nbc and uh they were able to overcome connor kelly just going straight up steph curry and hitting a, a two bomb from the logo uh, it looked like he hit it from the Statue of Liberty from how far out he was. Uh, but this was that was one of the best games of the weekend. High scoring all around. And it was in the rain. It was slipping and sliding. Uh, and it was it was one of those games that, like, you if you looked away for two seconds, you missed something that happened and you just had to wait for the replay. It was crazy. Hell of a game from both teams. Like, even though the Water Dogs lost that game, I was still impressed by the way they played. Although Connor Kelly contributed eight of their 16 points. It was still a great game for the water dogs. And, you know, 
there we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think, with Atlas when they lost to Whip Snakes in overtime. There's not many like moral victories in this league, but this was a, a loss that the Water Dogs can take away as like a building block for their season and, and say, like, you know, we gave it everything. Just gotta clean some things up in the end. Yeah, their offense looks great. And I mean, honestly, if we really want to look at why they didn't come out with the win, it comes down to TD Erling going 24 for 33 at the faceoff strike. Ridiculous. Right. In um, the rain. In the rain, like against Jake Withers. Like, against Jake Withers. Guy. Like, Stupid. It's unreal. So you can't, you know, it, honestly, you can't chalk it up to anything else but that. You can't look at it as a bad game, mm-hmm. that, which wasn't even bad. You just got beat by the best face-off guy in the league right now. Yeah. It kind of was almost expected. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, and then the second game was uh, Fight Club, I guess you could say. Uh, Chaos and Cannons, <laughs> because there was a fight in both halves. Uh, the first one was kind of funny. It was Tyson Bell and the homie Kyle Jackson, both guys, big-time homies of the show, uh, but they're teammates in the NLL. <laughs> they they both play for Halifax, and Tyson just took a punch right at Kyle. After a fight broke out in Redwood's chaos in Baltimore, and Kyle's like trying to break up the fight, and he posted on Instagram, on Saturday, <laughs> I'm a mediator, not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> he catches one from Tyson Bell, who might be like, if you if you pick five guys in the league you want lined up with you, ready to go to war, Tyson Bell is on that list a hundred times out of a hundred. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean that game was unreal. I, I mean, not even just the fighting. The the game was good yeah. too. The game was seeing great. Paul, seeing Paul get into it with Jack at the end of the game. Literally, like a week after Paul says like he hasn't fought in the outdoor game at all. Uh, Paul breaks the points record, so shout out to Paul. Uh, but the, him and Jack Rowlett get into it. Jack Rowlett now, allegedly, from what I've heard in post game press conference from Blaze Reardon and from what people are speculating from videos and things, Jack Rowlett has a broken nose. He's out this week, he's placed on the injured list right before we started recording this episode. Um, Tyson Bell, Jack Rowlett, and Paul Rabel all get fined in this game. No suspensions, but they all get fined. Uh, just a, a crazy wild end to the game. Like, Rowlett gets the helmet thrown at his nose. Jack throws Rabel's helmet, like, halfway to the moon. Rabel and Blazer chirping at each other. It was a wild scene, and I said, I hope this turns into a fucking rivalry. Like, let Cannon's Chaos be, like, that old-school, new-school rivalry of, like, Cannons came over from the MLL. Chaos is here, causing chaos. Like, just neat. And then Andy Towers from the top rope. Did you see his quote after the game? No. Bro, I saw that. I showed it to Chuck Lott in the booth. And Chuck was like, Ooh, Andy, you're on TV. Andy, he don't care at all. <laughs> I got to find this now because. It was hilarious. Andy has never cared. And I mean, it's it's crazy. Paul Ray was out here going on Miles Garrett on, on Jack. Like, <laughs> that Jack comment say? was. What did, what did Jack say to him? Like, I don't know. It had to have been something because. Something. Like, 
everybody was saying it too. Like Jack Rowlett wears number 99 because of Paul Rabel. And then they just get into it. Paul must have called him his son. <laughs> something. Like there had to be something disrespectful said because that was insane. It, uh, yeah, here we go. So <laughs> Andy Towers quote, this is the like Andy Towers, big time friend of the show. I love Andy. This was hilarious. Quote, didn't look like they handled getting beaten in the second half with much poison class. <laughs> Said that in the post game, I guess to Burmeister, because Paul Burmeister was there this weekend. Shout out to, to Paul Burmeister. Um, but I was like, Jesus, like this is fueling a rivalry. And this is the first time they've played, so obviously can't be a true blue rivalry yet, but Next time these two teams go at it, like circle this one, like put it on NBC, like put it on the actual channel NBC, put it on there for the world to see because it's going to be popcorn. It was the fireworks before the fireworks on 4th of July weekend. I loved every second of this game, and I hope Cannon's Chaos turns into a legit rivalry. Yes, I mean, they have everything it needs to be a rivalry. There's former players on both teams. They're familiar with each other. I don't know what it is about each other, but they already hate each other. Oh, it's so good. They just walked out and they just hate each other. Put it right in the veins. I've never seen two teams walk out and look like they hate each other more than those two. It was even funnier because after the game, like I'm up in the press box and like Blaze and Paul Rabel are like going at it, like just verbally. And you look on the other side of the field, Deemer's taking pictures with all of his former teammates from Chaos. It was so good. I was like, this is like two ends of the spectrum right now. Yeah. I was like, these two look like they might get into it. And over here, Deemer's just chilling with his old teammates. Reasons. I was like, I love Deemer class so much. The reasons these teams are seven and eight in in the BLL. It's so good. (laughs) I loved every second of this game. Uh, And then the, the, the game of the week, if you will, Whip Snakes, Archers. We were so wrong. Even without Matt Rambo. Imagine if Rambo played in this game, what would have happened? Whipsnakes win again. 15 to 14. It was one hell of a game. Like, I need Whipsnakes archers to turn into like vintage like Patriots Colts. Oh my. Like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, like going at it every year for the championship, for the right to go to the cha- I need that. Like these two teams like match up so well with each other defensively offensively it's like absurd goalie wise fantastic face off wise is where whip snakes won it that's where they won this game is joe nardella doing joe nardella things and he won i mean whip snakes won 72% of their face offs Joe, Joe went 23 of 32. That's, a lot, That's where the game was won. Was yeah. that Joe was able to get possessions early and often. There's not much else to, you know, it's one shot here, one shot there for the archers if they can get, you know, past Burnlore. But man, that was one hell of a game. And it was another one that was like back and forth, back and forth. And Jay Carlson is just, he's a freak. 
Somebody needs to lock him up and throw away the key. Bradley. He's a freak. It's, it's RJ's vlog. RJ's vlog with Scott Ratliff saying that he's tired of Zed Williams scoring fucking goals to Graham Hasek, the man who's nicknamed Cyborg. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and like, I love Scott. Scott Ratliff is probably like one of the top five nicest humans. I've never seen that man so mad in my life. Feel me. He looked like anger from inside out, like just <laughs> ready to burst. <laughs> literally, like he was going to explode at any second. He was like Hades and Hercules. He was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, but this was a, a class. I think like 4th of July, Whip Snakes Archers is going to be a game that goes down in PLL history for, you know, the early stages of the league goes down as like one of the classic games of the regular season. Um, and then the final game, Atlas Chrome. Atlas, the Young Bulls, they keep on going. They are disgusting when things are clicking. Brian Costabile, all-star Brian Costabile, shout out. We'll get into the all-stars in a little bit, but the young guys on this team, Jill Keegan keeps tweeting about it too. Like A lot of people, myself included, a lot of people criticize what the Atlas did I didn't criticize them necessarily for trading off like Rabel, Ryan Brown, Rob Pinnell, but it was like, okay, you had a bunch of other guys on the board during the draft, but you decided to take these other guys. Let's see if it were like, it's going to be a wait and see with Atlas. And right now, man, they are, they're, they're the four seed. If a playoff started today. And they're every bit worthy of it. Like if you yeah. ask me, have been it. Absolutely balling. Tucked Caraway. That's the only way I refer to him. He doesn't have any disgusting. Tucked Caraway. Jeff Teat now emerging is unreal. You obviously have Eric Law. Dan Pucar- uh Dan Picaro stepped up. Brian Costabile. Mark like Cockerton's it. playing well. Yeah, like Romar Dennis has now popped off. And then the defense, Michael Rex Road leading the league and cost ridiculous. Turnover. Danny Tucker Logan Dan. looks fantastic. All-star Tucker Durkin. You got... Cade Van uh, Raphorst. Who's what? Fifth, I believe. Or fourth. They're, they got the biggest challenge coming up this weekend now, though, because Jack Kincannon got hurt in that game. He's out this week in Minnesota, so it's going to be J.D. Colarusso looking to step up. You know, he stepped up in a big way in the fourth quarter against Chrome, um, but now he's got a, a full game ready to go for him. That's going to be their biggest test is if J.D. can, you know, fill in for who knows how long it's a groin injury for Jack and Cannon. So hopefully Jack gets, you know, healthy as quickly as possible, but that's a big blow for this Atlas team. Cause we've said it like this whole season, Atlas goes as Jack and Cannon goes. And if Jack and Cannon's balling, they seem to have like a boost in confidence and, uh, you know, losing one of their guys on the field like that. And it's tough to replace a goalie no matter, you know, what the skill level is replacing a goalie is one of the hardest things to do in any sport that uses a goalie. Um, but we'll see what JD can do this weekend in Minnesota, but let's uh, let, before we talk about the games this weekend, let's talk about what everybody's been talking about today. The all-star rosters, because <laughs> when I saw these all-star rosters come through the timeline, I was, um, I was shocked. But let me preface this. I was shocked in a way that 
the fans of the PLL, I had more confidence in you to not do it as just a fan vote. If it was supposed to be like the fan star game, this would be a perfect roster. Grant, I'm not taking anything away from the guys that got voted in because I'd say 99.9% of these guys deserve to be in one way or another. Some guys I just don't think should be starters based on the way they played. And there are quite a few snubs, I'd say, this year that I think they didn't get voted in because people don't know their names yet. And that's what like this all-star roster looks. It's like the all-name team almost, just not what we know the all-name team to be. Um, so I, I sent out to a UDJ, I sent it to a couple other people uh, in like PLL media. I was like, I just did my quote-unquote uh, official all-star uh, vote. And this is who I voted for as what I claim to be like my official all-star ballot. Grant Amen. He's in. He's a captain this year. Shout out to Grant, the Philly Bull, uh, leading the league in points. Deserved to be an all-star this year. Lyle Thompson, he's in. Uh, I would have been shocked if Lyle didn't get voted in. Um, Rob Pinnell, he is in, obviously. Zed Williams is in. I voted for Zed, and I voted for Will Manny. He's also in. And uh, the one that didn't get in, that I was very disappointed to see because he is top five in points for attackmen in the league this year. And he's top 10 in points in general uh, in the league this year. He's a rookie. He was a fourth round pick and he's balling out for the Chrome. Jackson Morrill deserved to be an all-star this year. Not even a reserve. I was blown away that he didn't make the all-star team. And that was like my first inkling, like, okay, it's because people don't know who Jackson Morrill is. Yeah, I mean, if you aren't keeping up with NCAA Division One, you're probably not going to know a single rookie because all of them were ball in NCAA. First off, I just want to shout out NCAA D1 tournament. That was by far the best tournament I've seen. This is the best rookie class we've seen. Every game was electric, and then the rookies have stepped right in and just popped off everywhere. Every team, the rookies are just doing their thing. And it's just like yeah. only, only a few of them made the list. And it's like, but they're like super big names even in college. Like everybody. Yeah. So I was bummed Jackson didn't make it. He totally deserved it. Um, the person that did get in, and this is no slight at Matt Rambo. One, I didn't vote for him because he was injured. So I figured he wasn't going to play. And it was confirmed that he's not going to play. Uh, when they put out the rosters and it said Marcus Holman will replace Matt Rambo. Nothing against Marcus. I love Marcus. He's one of the nicest dudes in the league, just personality-wise. He's great to talk to. Um, but like Marcus, I would have said, would have been a reserve this year more than a starter. And I'm sure if things stayed the same, he would have been a reserve because he's replacing a starter. Um, but I would have had Jackson Murillo as a starter this year over Matt Rambo in general. Matt gets in because, obviously, first-ever MVP. He's the name. He's one of the faces of the sport. Can't knock it. I love Matt Rambo. That's the, that's the homie right there. Um, I just didn't vote for him because I knew he was injured, and I figured there's a good chance he's not going to play in the All-Star game just so he can continue to recover. Uh, but Matt Rambo gets in. So your attack line of starters, Grant Amet, Lyle Thompson, 
Matt Rambo being replaced by Marcus Holman, Rob Pinnell, Zed Williams, Will Manny. So the entire Archers attack group is in the all-star game. Um, and then the midfield. My biggest gripe with the all-star voting too is that I wish they would have split up like offensive middies and like short stick D middies, kept it a little separate, long stick midfielders, like had their own category to vote for. Um, but I get it. Like you got to kind of clump everybody together and best ones are going to make it. But uh, my midfielders I voted for on my quote unquote official list were Tom Schreiber. He obviously makes it. Paul Rabel makes it deservedly. So um, Miles Jones, he makes it. My first guy I left off that I was like going back and forth between voting um, between Ryan Tarafanko, who did not make it. And this guy, Brian Costabile. Brian Costabile deserves it. He's phenomenal. Like, he's had a great sophomore season. Like, him and Grant not having sophomore slumps is the best thing for this league. Yeah, like, it's been unreal. We've seen Grant Amet go six points two weekends in a row and just, you know, being it's top casual points and very casual for one. And then Brian Costabile is just, he's been doing his thing. He's leading that midfield. And now the guys are stepping up behind them and the Bulls are looking almost unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to Trevor after the game last week and I asked him, you know, like you and Brian are like the two young leaders on that Atlas team. Uh, you know, what's it like playing with Brian and everything? He's like, Brian's the type of guy that's like he's full of grit, but he's also a guy that like after the game, like you want to hang out with him. And it's rare to like find. I was like, yeah, like that's totally Brian Costabile. Like he's been phenomenal this year and i think he's just going to continue to you know put on a show for this atlas team and and help let the league know that the atlas are here to stay uh sergio perkovic also gets voted in asap perk according to the homie scotty royster uh because as soon as scotty <laughs> this was the craziest part as soon as scotty tweeted that last week saying that asap perk is, is sergio's nickname sergio scores and then they play asap rocky as his goal song I said, you can't script this. This is just ridiculous. Um, Sergio gets in, totally deserves it. Uh, and then I think the biggest surprise in terms of starter, and he even said this, he said he was planning on going on a vacation. Uh, but I figured one way or another, K-18 was going to get into the All-Star game for his final ride. So shout out to Kyle Harrison. He is an All-Star uh, for his final season. Then the... Uh, the other midfielders I voted for in terms of starters, they will be reserves, Zach Curry or Scott Ratliff. Both guys have been balling out. They both deserve to be all-stars. They are on the reserve roster. The starters on defense, Garrett Eppel, Brody Merrill, Tucker Dirk, and Matt Dunn, Eddie Glazner, Jared Newman. The guys I voted for were Jack Kielty, who is not an all-star, which is stunning. Um, Michael Rexroad, who's not an all-star, stunning. Um, I voted for Matt Dunn. He gets in. Graham Hasek is a uh, reserve, uh, so he does get in. Eli Gobrecht and Matt McMahon I voted for. Neither of them got in. We got to have the Jared Newman conversation. He's play his the stats say he's played better than what the eye test does. And Jared is a homie friend of the show. We love Jared. Like you got like we have fucking Newman nukes coined. It's hashtagged in our bio. Like 
We coined that term. That's us. They said it on a broadcast before. It's because of us. Um, we've said it time and time again this year just because of how chaos have played, even though they've won a couple games in a row. Like, we didn't expect any of their defenders to get into the All-Star game. No, not at all, let alone to have a starter and then have two guys in the All-Star game. It's kind of nuts. I was like – And we said if one guy was going to get in, it was going to be Jack. Yeah, and he's a reserve. He's a reserve, and who knows if he's even going to play because of his nose injury now. Yeah. Like – I just – between Jack Kielty not getting in at all and Graham Hasek being a reserve, I was very surprised Jared Newman – uh, ended up being a starter. Could you know? I was stunned when I was looking at his stats to see like, okay, why do people vote him in? Let's let's see if like the stats can back it up. According to the PLL stats, Jared has not turned the ball over once this year, which I don't think a lot of people realize. I mean, like that's that's kudos to him, and I think. Everybody just has the play where Matt Rambo just absolutely like bodied him uh, this season in their heads. And that's like their fixation on how Jared's played this year. Do I think Jared should be a starter in the all-star game? Probably not. Jack Kielty should be in there. Uh, I think Matt McMahon has totally earned a spot in the all-star game and won't be there. Michael Rexroad should be in this all-star game one way or another. He won't be there. Um, but again, like the defense, especially, I think, is a testament to fans voting based on names rather than stats. And, you know, it's the all-star game. It's not a end of the world type of thing, but I was, I was surprised to see, you know, like Tucker Durkin and Jared Newman named starters over guys like Jack Kielty, Michael Rexroad. Um, the other guys, Garrett Apple and Eddie Glazner have had great seasons, totally deserve to be in. They were like on my back and forth between voting between Eli and Matt. Uh, I voted for Matt Dunn. He gets in. Brody Merrill, obviously, he's gonna get in no matter what. Um, and he's had a he's had a good season. Like it's Brody. Like he's gonna he's gonna put up all star numbers and play all star defense as long as he plays. Um, what was your biggest surprise from the defense other than Jared Newman? Was it Tucker? Garrett Apple. Like I thought he was gonna be a reserve. I didn't think he was gonna be a starter. True. And then, like, I was surprised that the fact, that, honestly, the fact that Graham's not a starter. Yeah, like, that was my other big surprise. Like, that dude has been balling this year. Like, they don't call him the cyborg for nothing. Like, he deserves to be a starter. Um, also, I think Chaos, like, kind of sort of confirmed that Jared Newman's going to be in the fastest shot competition again this year. Because they tweeted a photo or like a gif or a video of him saying how fast do you think he's going to shoot the ball this year? I guess uh, sort of kind of confirming that he's going to be in that. So going to defend his title, uh, which is cool. I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, face-offs. TD gets in as a starter. And Trevor Baptiste. Shout out to Trevor. I was shocked Trevor got named a starter. I thought it was going to be Nardella because Joe's been the best faceoff guy up until this point. You know, TD's obviously put on a clinic as a rookie. Um, but from all the the veterans, I thought it was going to be Joe. But Trevor gets the nod. Um, I'm fine with that. Like, either, like, it was kind of a coin because it was obviously going to be TD in there because of how well he has played this year. And then I thought it was a coin flip between Trevor and Joe. 
as a starter. Um, so Trevor gets the nod there. And then your goalies, Blaze Reardon, who is also a captain this year. Um, so shout out to Blaze. And then Tim Troutner gets voted a starter, which everybody knows. We have Redwoods Alliance one way or another. Like we get down with the woods. We've said it time and time again when we were talking about like who's going to get in all star wise. Like we didn't even have Tim in our top four. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And like... This is no slight at Tim from last week, but like he got pulled. <laughs> you know, like Adam Gittleman was our guy that we said should have been a starter along Blaze. We said Kyle Burnlore would be like number three or number four. And we both thought Nick Morocco deserved a nod for the All Star game. He doesn't get in. It will be Tim Troutner. Gittleman and Burnlore get in his reserves, but. I was very shocked to see Tim Troutner get voted in. But again, I think that's just like people know Tim Troutner. Fans know Tim Troutner. And they're going to vote based off of who they know. Yeah, this is very clear that uh, the Woods fan base is very strong. There's a Yeah, lot very true. This is like the, the year after the Cubs won the World Series and the NL starting lineup for like three months of the All-Star game was like the Cubs starting nine. Yeah, eight of the 22 starters are Redwoods. That's crazy. That's more than any other team. And they're in third place. <laughs> That's more That's than crazy. double. That's more than double of any other team, actually. That's wild. Unreal. Uh, the reserves, Jeff Teat gets in. I don't hate it. I get why Jeff Teat is in. People are going to vote for him. I didn't vote for him just because he's only played in three games. And sure, he's put up, he's put up points, but like nine of them were in one game. And it was a back and forth one goal game at the end against Cannons. I thought Jake Carraway deserved the spot over Jeff Teat this year. Like he's played in every single game. He's balled out this year. And people are talking about Jake Carraway in a way that I don't think a lot of people expected that they'd be talking about Jake Carraway. Like, they knew he put up points at Georgetown. They knew he was going to come in and score. But the way he's kind of come in and has this swagger and this confidence about him, like, you don't get your you, – your name doesn't end up being Diggs's display name on Twitter for nothing. Like, that that takes a a high praise to get your name mentioned on Diggs's Twitter. And he's been tucked Caraway since, like, week one. Yeah, and like I've been talked to Caraway. Yeah, that guy's unreal. Like, and I mean, I kind of cheated because I have two emails, so I was able to vote for way more all stars than most people, most likely. So I voted for Caraway and Jeff T. So I mean, I there weren't many people on this list that I didn't vote for. Yeah, but so I was more surprised that a lot of people I voted for didn't make it. Yeah, people on the list because I voted for a lot of these people. So Jeff T gets in, uh, Josh Byrne gets in, 
don't have any problems with the with Josh Byrne getting in. He's been great. He's been like a silent assassin this year, like just because K has been up and down, but like he's gotten his. And I figure Marcus Holman would have been the third reserve. I'm curious if they'll replace Marcus with a third attack reserve. Now, since it's confirmed that he's going to start and Rambo is out. Um, so I wonder if somebody else will get a nod. We'll see how that kind of plays out. Um, your midfield reserves are Will House. Don't hate that. Um, I think he's an underrated guy that doesn't get enough talk about how good he is. Uh, Zach Courier is a reserve. Like I said, Mikey Schlosser gets in as a reserve. Uh, and Dane Smith also gets in as a reserve. Don't hate Dane getting in. I love that he's in. Totally deserves it. Um, I I think the biggest like good surprise is Will House getting in because I didn't I didn't think a lot of people would vote for him, um, but I'm glad he's in because he deserves it. Like he's a, a core piece of that Chrome midfield um, and a reason why they're playing so well. Don't have any gripes with the the midfield reserves. The short stick D midi reserves: Zach Goodrich, Danny Logan gets in for Atlas and Dominique Alexander uh, and Jake Bernhardt kind of chalk almost in a sense. Shout out to Zach Goodrich getting in Danny Logan getting in uh, both totally deserve uh, Mike Earhart, Scott Ratliff get in as your LSM reserves. That's the most chalk thing I've ever seen. Um, Graham Hasek, Jack Rowlett get in as your defense reserves curious who's going to replace jack if he's out for a significant amount of time uh with his nose injury joe nardella and bones kelly stephen kelly get in face off wise i was a little you were not as shocked as i was with stephen kelly getting in because i thought it was going to be either one of connor farrell or uh jake withers just because of fans but the archers fans popped out and said stephen kelly's going to the all-star game which i don't hate I, i don't hate it no, and he's been, you know, outside of the Nardella game, he's been keeping, you know, the archers rolling, honestly, whether he, you know, turns it into a scrap and he can get some help from his wings or he's winning them straight forward. He's been doing enough to have them in a nice position. So I'm not surprised that people popped out for him. And then, like we said, Gittleman and Burnlor get in as your goalie reserves. Who's your biggest snub, DJ? Because – Offensively, it's Jackson Morrill for me, and defensively, it's Jack Keelty. Like, I think those two guys have just been spectacular this season for their teams. And to see them get snubbed, mostly, I think, because people don't know who they are. Like, your your generic PLL fan that's coming in doesn't know those names compared to some of the guys that did get in, which makes sense if, you're, if your All-Star game is going to be completely fan vote driven. Um... But I wish those guys would have got in because they totally deserve to to have that opportunity to be in the all-star game. Um, defensively, I'd have to go Michael Rexrow. Um, leading the league in cause turnovers. I mean, it's unreal that you're not an all-star. That makes no sense. Yes. Um, and then offensively, um, I'd have to either go Jules Henningberg or Steven Reefus. And it's just because they were marked at attack, even though they're running at mid- They got screwed there. Kind of not fair. Yeah, they got they got screwed there. I think Stephen Reefus totally deserved to be in, but Jules not getting in is pretty wild, especially since he's a fan favorite. Yeah, not even just because he's a fan favorite, but I mean he's the one turning that midfield 
up there. It's him and Miles Jones. You know, they got a little bit of help from Serge this weekend. Ryder's okay, but like he hasn't been comfortable. He's more better down under the attack. So it's like, you know, if it, you know, K 18's got a goal here and there, Charlie Bertrand here and there. But if it wasn't for duels, that midfield would be suffering a lot. Yeah, 100%. Um, so those are our snubs. You guys can tweet at us at OTB Laxpod to let us know who your snubs for the All-Star game were. Um, because it definitely sent Twitter into a tizzy uh, this morning when the rosters were released. Um, but those are your All-Star game rosters, so shout out to the All-Stars. I personally just need to know what the hell are all-star game or uh, all-star game jerseys are going to look like because the tie-dye ones I wish they would re-release them because they're straight up fire and I wish I had bought them when I had a chance to but they're gone now and it makes my heart break every single time I see somebody have one and I'm just like I want that I I, I need that um but I'm very intrigued to potentially see what these all-star game jerseys are going to look like because I have a feeling they're going to be ridiculous this year and i'm just excited for that oh they have to be ridiculous this year i mean two years ago i was like the the tie-dye ones were insane i was like no way they did that so like i can't even imagine what they're going to do this year but what i just noticed is there's only two lsms on the entire like roster Oh, interesting. There aren't any on the starters, and there's just Scott Ratliff and Michael Earhart. Huh. So are they just going to have to play pole all game? That's pretty interesting. Well, remember also, I don't know what they're going to do this year, but remember in 2019, they like switched up the rules every quarter? So I'm curious. That was pretty much just like face-offs, though. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be anything. We kind of like talked about that a couple weeks ago. Like maybe play like yeah. one quarter of sixes or something. And they're going to have to with this. Touch. Yeah. With this touch. <laughs> <laughs> like, Michael and Scott are going to be dead. Good things are there's a bye week. Facts. They uh, that's interesting. I didn't even pick up on that. That they were the the only two poles. Yeah. I guess you could run Graham and whoever replaces Jack as your backup polls. Yeah. Your D is probably going to be your D. Unless you could just put Jared at that pole and just let him rip. Yeah. And move someone else down and attack or at D. That's rough. I just don't understand how that happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Like, where does the league step in for player safety? (laughs) Like, okay, we get it. There's a lot of short sticks, but we just got to cut it off here. And we need a couple more longs. That's tough. That's tough. Um, Let's get into this weekend's games before we touch on the NLL news that it was absolutely insane. We've got a great slate of games this weekend. Uh, Friday night lacrosse, 8 o'clock p.m. We got the Battle of the Expansion teams, 2.0, uh, Cannons and Water Dogs. 
Water Dogs are two and three. Cannons are one and four. Their only win is against this Water Dogs team. Um, they need to figure some things out quickly before their season kind of just like gets out of hand and falls apart, and then they're like out of the playoffs. Yeah, I think this is almost a, a win, like a must-win for them. To be honest, going one and five into the All Star break is not going to be good. Um, they're going to. And it's going to have to be the face-off X, honestly. They're going to need to get things going there. they got to win face-offs. They're not winning a ton. Which the Cannons have a new face-off guy because they made a trade this week with the Whip Snakes. They sent Chris Hogan and Drew Simino to the Whip Snakes in exchange uh, for the Whip's backup face-off guy, who I'm totally blanking on his name as I'm looking it up right now. He was the Cannons 2020 faceoff guy who helped win them a championship uh, when they were still in the uh, the MLL. But th- it's pretty – yes, Kevin Reisman, I believe, is his. Uh, I just don't want to mess it up. Um, I just clicked on the wrong team because the PLL website hasn't updated the trade yet um (laughs) but it is pretty wild that like after baltimore um yeah kevin reisman he was the face-off guy for the cannons in 2020 um but after baltimore when the cannons lost that game to atlas i forget who it was so forgive me but somebody asked coach quirk like what what do you plan on doing with the face-off position like moving forward are these your guys like and he gave like that generic coach speak answer of like these are my guys like moving forward like we're gonna do it. And then like that week, Tommy Kelly gets released into the player pool, and now Drew Simino gets traded to the Whip Snakes with Chris Hogan. Where I've been talking to some people, and they're like, "Great, now Chris Hogan's like not gonna play ever." And I'm like, if there's one position on like position group on the Whip Snakes that you can crack, and like there's maneuverability there that stags will play with i would say it's their midfield yeah 100 percent. that's the best place to get in like attack tough luck defense yeah. you got real tough luck and if like you ain't coming two. in <laughs> yeah if you ain't coming in beating joe nards on 80 percent of the faceoffs, you ain't getting in there either yeah and you're not replacing burn lore in cage uh, like Their midfield, no, it's and and with Connor cursed out right now, like who knows? Like he's got the the medical tag, um. So hopefully Connor's okay. But it's like, did Liam Neeson like kidnap Connor cursed? Like, did, did he have to go find him? Because uh, we don't know what happened to Connor. It was very vague. Um, but like they're running Brad Smith the midfield. He's really an attack. Like he's more like a wing attackman. But with Jake Carlson playing the way he is, like Brad's going to run out of the midfield. And I mean, Channy's been up and down this year. John House has played well. But like, I think there's an opportunity now for Chris Hogan. Like, if he can impress Stags, I think there, I think you'll see Chris Hogan suit up in a Whip Snakes uniform at least once. Oh, at least once. He's got to get out there at least once, even if it's a short stick, B mid. Only a couple runs, maybe 
he gets one or the one or two dodges out of the whole game. He's definitely going to get some some clock in Wolf Snake's uniform though. Never traded in the NFL, and he's already been traded in the PLO. That's crazy. Um, new, league, new things. <laughs> new sport, new me. Um, yeah. The the line on this game is pretty interesting for water dogs and cannons. Um, cannons are one and a half point favorites. The over under is 26 and a half, which I guess speaks to both of these teams not playing well defensively this year. Uh, and then the cannons are money line favorites at minus 167. I I think this is going to be like a back and forth game. Like the way both of these offenses have been playing recently, if Connor Kelly can like do half of what he did on Long Island, like look out. Um, they definitely need Mike. The water dogs definitely need Mikey Schlosser to like come back to where he was in like Atlanta. Cause he's kind of fallen a little bit back down to earth the last two weeks. But like outside of Jack Keelty and like Brody Merrill, like, Cannon's defense needs to step up if they want to win this game. I I like Water Dogs plus one and a half. Do you really though? Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. I mean, they have Dylan Ward in cage. He hasn't been spectacular. And he got pulled. He got pulled in that Redwoods game, too. Um, I don't know. Like, I think this is going to be very, like, a very offensive game. I think there's going to be a lot of goals. I, I think the X factor is, like, <laughs> like we say, like, Ryan Brown has to get his. If the Water Dogs are going to succeed, like they have to go as Ryan Brown goes. And if he's not rolling, defenses just pick up on that and they shut everybody else down. I still think I like Water Dogs. Yeah. Like, we're at the point right now where the Cannons are one and four, and their offense is so good, but they're not closing games. And neither are the Water Dogs. So, like, one of those two things has to give. But we've seen the Water Dogs more consistently play closer to four quarters of a game than the Cannons have. And I think that's why I, I like the Water Dogs plus one and a half. That is a good point. This, this goalie situation has me worried about that. I mean, I don't know what, what is up with Dylan Ward right now. I don't know. And he's only got 41 percent save percentage and Charlie Cipriano only has a 29% save percentage in two games. So it's like 
if you get that high-powered offense rolling and they're even getting, you know, if they're even getting one stop in every two possessions, three possessions, that's enough for them, for that offense to go to work. Yeah, I mean, you're without Drew Snyder this – they're without Drew Snyder this week too, which, I mean, could be tough. Um, And obviously no Michael Sowers again. Ethan Walker played very well, though, in his debut. So that intrigues me. I want to see more of him. But, I mean, again, if Connor Kelly can do just like half of what he did on Long Island, this Water Dogs team can find a way to win. Um, it, it This game is going to come down to, one, who obviously can outscore the other team, but whose goalie steps up? Does You know, you can't – both of these goalies have suffered from Blaze Reardon syndrome where, like, they've gotten left out to dry and had to do everything on their own, and they're not Blaze. Yeah, no, not at all. You know, Nick Morocco started the year off pretty good, and he's still doing pretty decent, but he's not, you know, as good as he started. And, I mean, when you get left out to dry consistently, it's going to be pretty hard to do that. And, like, Dylan Ward hasn't even looked like himself at all this year. So We need to get him some new sweatpants. Yeah, I don't know if it's his sweats or what, but and if they are new sweats, get him his old ones. Right. He's got a serious problem going on. Yeah, this game is going to be interesting. If you like points, watch this game because I think there's going to be a lot of points had in this game. And as I say that, it'll probably end up being like seven to four. <laughs> Rewinding, uh, talking about chrome archers. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Huge blowout. 7-8 loss. 8-7. Came down to the final possession. Uh, Saturday, we get the True Blue rivalry. Whip Snakes, Redwoods. And yes, the Redwoods, sure. They have one win against the Whip Snakes. But they've played in the playoffs multiple times. Therefore, making it a rivalry. Everybody calls this the rivalry. Uh, Redwoods are plus one and a half. Makes a ton of sense. I uh I'm intrigued by this game from like the rivalry standpoint and what the Redwoods are going to be able to do because Matt Rambo won't be playing in this game. He is out injured. Um I I think this game is literally going to come down to TD versus Joe Nardella. What TD is able has been able to do this season has been nothing short of remarkable. And now he gets the ultimate test going up against the number one guy coming into the season. The If Zed Williams didn't exist, he would have been MVP of the bubble last year. And I need to see every single face-off battle between Nardella and TD. Two very kind of like different styles of face-offs. And it's going to be an all-out bloodbath at the stripe. And I'm sure Greg Beast is going to be sitting in his recliner at home with a giant box of pizza with Jack's Beast watching every single second of this face-off duel. And I cannot wait for Greg's like live tweeting of this game um, because, you know, there's going to be that little bias sprinkled in for the Redwoods. I, I'm very excited for that. This is going to be game of the week for me personally. I'm declaring it game of the week, 6 o'clock p.m. Like it's a perfect Saturday night game. Um, and it's whips Redwoods. Like these games get heated. Like these two teams don't like each other. They, 
the biggest like relief I think if you're the Redwoods or a Redwoods fan is that Matt Rambo's not playing because he ends up killing this t- this Redwoods team time and time again whenever they play. So you got to feel good about that if you're a Redwoods fan that you don't have to deal with Matt Rambo. Oh, 100%. You know, it makes it a little bit easier on the offense or on the defense, you know, looking at their offense. But, I mean, with the way Jay Carlson's been playing, that's got to be a serious eye to watch. Obviously, Zed Williams. Um, so it's still going to be a little bit of a test. But looking at the faceoff numbers, TD won uh, 68%, 133 faceoffs won on 56 ground balls. And... Joe Nards, 124 face-off, 62% on 38 ground balls through five games. They're ridiculous. Just like, how? <laughs> That's going to be the game right there. Yeah. Whoever wins that is going to win the game. That and if Tim Troutner can protect his five-hole. I was just going to let it skate by and slide with positive energy into the weekend. And we're just going to have a good game. You know, we got to talk about it. Cause that's the biggest reason we said he wouldn't be an all-star. I try not to talk about it. Cause <laughs> it's like everybody in just everybody knows. Yeah. Oh, it's Timmy, like Timmy, the world's worst high. kept secret. Oh, Timmy, it's going high. It's going high. Five old. Tink. <laughs> Every single time. It's crazy. Like, I, I don't think – I think I can count on my hand how many times this year he's been scored on top shed. This many? I, I'm pretty sure it's five. <laughs> and then they just go to the hole, five hole. Um, yep. <laughs> the over-under in this game is 25 and a half. No Rambo, but obviously that didn't matter in the Archers Whip Snakes game. Twenty nine goals were scored there. Um, are both teams going to score thirteen goals? That's what it comes down to. I'm just wondering, like two good defenses. Yeah, that's what I wonder. Like, is whose defense steps up? Yeah, is the defense going to show up and just? Make this another like nine seven game. We're all just like, <laughs> well, in in history of this matchup of this rivalry, the scores have been as follows. So in 2019, when these two teams played, uh, the first game was 14 to 11 Redwoods. That was in Atlanta. Uh, and then the second game was the 17 to four bludgeoning uh, north of the border in Ontario. And then obviously the championship game was 12 to 11. So those were like your three sample sizes in 2019, 2020 bubble whip snakes won 13 to nine during the round Robin tournament. Um, and then in the semifinal, it was 13 to 12. Not a single one of those games hit 26. Yeah. <laughs> Even the 17 to 4 game. <laughs> yeah. So, 25 is the most, it looks like. Yep. Yeah. yeah, twice. 
twice it's hit 25. The first one was 14 to 11, and then last year in the semifinal. And then we had 23 in the championship game, 21, and 22. So no game has ever hit the over 25 and a half. If you go with history, you take the under. This might be a good time to take the over, though. Right, because I was going to say, the those games never had Rob Pinnell playing for the Redwoods. That's true. Serge just popped off. Jules is leading the team with 10 one-point goals. And you know Jules always gets up for this game. Yeah, yeah, because this is his revenge game every year. And, and you know, if Miles Jones finds Ryder Garnsey one time, he's going to do it again. And if he scores, that would be nice. If K if K eighteen scores, the Redwoods all win. It's so a wrap. He's, if we get him on the ball and he scores, and it's over. So I think if you're if you're not Saint Laurent, you're looking to get Ryder Garnsey going early because I think the the more early on confidence Ryder has, the better he plays throughout the rest of the game. And he brings a lot of energy to the rest of the team. That means like if he's so if he's not involved early, he kind of seems to check out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Shies away and kind of doesn't really try to take advantage. That's of when it. he turns the ball over. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, dude, okay, just because you didn't get it early doesn't mean you won't get it at all. Just right. Stay ready. But, both teams, for the most part, outside of Rambo, both teams are pretty much healthy. Yep. Which is also good because it kind of gives you a litmus test for where they'll be down the line. Obviously, Rambo's a big part of that Whip Snakes offense, but like they can put anybody in there and they'll they'll, they'll keep going. Yeah. Um. Very excited for this game, to say the least. I I can't wait. Twitter's gonna be a blaze. Six o'clock on Saturday. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Twitter's the, gonna break. the scenes. The scenes that will be taking place <laughs> i thought i thought twitter was going to break this past weekend when grant Amy yeah oh my god thought the thing just dominique out. summed it up perfectly you want to see a dead body yeah literally <laughs> there was no other way to say it it was crazy uh then we get a nightcap 8 45 which will take us into hashtag lacrosse after dark uh chaos and atlas in a game that I'm very excited for. It's the Jeff Teat revenge game almost, per se, or the Andy Towers revenge game, because obviously everybody knows Chaos drafted Jeff Teat last year, decided to go back to school, ended up not being able to play. Now he's on the Atlas. The Atlas are one-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. I kind of like Chaos, though. They're playing well. Like the reason. Here, hear me out. One, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Like, after last week, like, they get a win. They lose Jack Rowlett. They're they're playing, like, angry. And they're playing, like, with each other now instead of, like, an individual-type game. I think they have chemistry going on up top with all of their uh, chaotic bandits with those five boys that play for the Buffalo Bandits. And the way Mac O'Keefe is playing right now, is just what the doctor ordered for Andy Towers to feel okay about Jeff Teat slipping away. Like, you lost Jeff Teat because he went back to school. 
but you end up getting Mac O'Keefe. I, I like the way they're playing right now. It's going to be interesting to see how they line up defensively and who kind of steps in for Jack. They also have the better goalie in the matchup. Obviously, Jack and Cannon's out in this game. So I think that's a big boost for this chaos offense and their confidence. The the big like there's so many like this sucks for Atlas, but it's also sucks for chaos. So like can cannons out good for chaos offense. Rowlett's out good for Atlas offense. I think the the big dub that Atlas gets is Trevor Baptiste is better than any faceoff guy that chaos can throw out there. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, and that's why I think I'm taking Atlas. Like they're just gonna have so many more possessions with a defense that's kind of been struggling this year without a very key piece, and they're throwing someone else in to replace. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be iffy down there. So I don't. But know. if you're Trevor, you have to be like quick to get out of that scrap because that chaos cannons faceoff battle. Max Adler was just like when he wasn't winning, he was just getting physical and like he was on the ground all the time. Like he was, he was just going after uh, whoever was facing off for the cannons. And if you're Trevor, you got to one, take care of yourself and make sure you don't get injured Two, It's going to get physical. And if, if there's somebody that you want to be able to get physical with like Trevor's a, uh, He's the Hulk. Like he'll go down there. He'll get physical with you in the trenches. Like he's a bull. Um, that's going to be the interesting thing too. Is just who's taking faceoffs for chaos. Um, I'm hammering the over in this game. It's 24 and a half with Jack and Cannon out with Jack Rowlett out. Like that's going to open the floodgates for both of these offenses to score like wildfire. Oh yeah, this will definitely go over. 25. I think this might be closer to that 29 we saw with the archers. Yeah. I I like this game being like the nightcap to like we'll have the intense rivalry game and then this will be like, ah, oh, let's sit back and watch points fly all over the field. Uh very excited for that one. And like two polar opposite coaches too. Like Ben Rubior's like the analytical, like kind of like like I say, he reminds me of Shelton from Big Bang Theory. Uh, and then you have Andy Towers who will like, if you cross him, he'll punch you in the throat. Like he looks like WWE superstar versus <laughs> MIT, like scientist, uh, very different coaching style. I- I'm intrigued to see how Andy like tries to match up his defense on Jeff T. Yeah. And I wonder, is he going to put all-star starter Jared Newman on him or, or- <sighs> Man, that's tough. Who is he putting in to replace Jack Rowlett? Mm-hmm. Let me look at the Chaos roster defensively because they also are without Dan Coates. So, like, they're they're hurting defensively, this Chaos team. Um, it's also crazy that, like, they've kind of gone on this little tear recently and they haven't had Westberg since, like, week two. Like, where does he fit in the equation? when he comes back with how well like this offense has kind of started to click. I'm intrigued by that, Um, but he's out again. So defensively on their roster right now, Johnny Serdick, who's I think had a a pretty quality season. Um, I'd say he's probably been like 
it, it's been nice to see Johnny out there consistently because he's been out with military obligations a ton. Um, here's a fun one. Do you give Ian McKay a poll this week? And they're going to have, gonna gonna have think, to. But I think they're going to move CJ Costabile down to play D. And then, yeah. and then Ian will take will split runs with Troy, Troy Ray and LSF. Yeah, that's got to be what they do. Because without Dan Coates and without Jack Rowlett, now like it's Jared Newman, Johnny Serdick, and then you have Troy, you have Matt Reese, Ian McKay, CJ Costabile. We'll see if they pick anybody up because I'm sure roster moves uh, mm. will happen now. I don't know if it's too late for them to make any moves, um, being that it is, you know, late Thursday. Right. I don't know when the roster moves had to be submitted. Let's see if they made any moves. I'll go to their Twitter. Because um, the, the Rowlett move was super late in the day. Like, it wasn't out there with the original uh, injury report from the league. So, the, that's so tough for them. Like, for that to be such a late announcement, too. Mm-hmm. Um they're going to have to use Ian McKay as that, that Swiss army knife, because that's the only thing I can see working for them. If this is their roster going into the week. Yep. Yep. Sunday four forty five. I like that. We have late Sunday games this week. Usually it's not the case. Um, but we have water dogs and Chrome on Sunday, four forty five PM Eastern time. Chrome one and a half point favorites over unders 23 and a half. I mean, how do you go against the Chrome right now? I, I think they Joel White said in the post game press conference after they lost to Atlas on Sunday that like the easy way excuse would be that we played the doubleheader and all this, but like that Chrome team's playing for each other right now. Like they're truly in that that next man up mentality. I don't see how you can pick against them. Like, and maybe the Water Dogs prove us wrong. Like they've played this doubleheader thing already earlier this year we'll see how they they adapt to it again but like this chrome team like they're just so like consistent with each other now after they got that first win like i felt like that was like just a major roadblock out of the way for their season and if this game is this game on peacock (laughs) because if this game's on peacock yeah it is oh man Peacock on Peacock is about to go run rampant on the dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think they're ready for, for that. And I think Jackson Morrow's going to have a good game, too. Like, yeah. Give me the chrome in this game. I'll take the chrome and the under. Because I think this chrome defense is going to step up and, and play well. Oh yeah, I I don't I think they're very upset being snubbed. I don't think a single one of them made. Yeah, Terrafanko's gonna keep I rocking think, and rolling. I think Will Haas was the only Chrome to make the entire All Star roster. Um, let me double check that. If that's the case, that's even crazier. Let's see. Chrome had uh, 
Holy shit, yeah. Just wheelhouse. Yeah. That, wow. Um, the rest of this season is going to be interesting. Wow. They're going to make the rest of this season very interesting. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that Like when we were going over the All-Stars that they have one All-Star. One. That's Insane. fucking wild. Insane. Hey, Chrome. I'm a man of my word. I told you guys, I'll get down with you. You proved me wrong. Yep. The hat was off to you. It had to be done. That's crazy. Yeah. Chrome are going to go on a tear in the second half. Holy um, shit. Yeah. Holy shit. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Give me Chrome. Give me Chrome and a landslide. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think this is going to be, it might be a blowout, to be honest. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be in the over for sure, though. Yeah. I'm switching that pick. Take the over. Chrome are going to score like 14 on their own. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Jackson Morrow and Callan Hecock are going to have like seven apiece. Wow. I'll make a declaration too since I like making Chrome bets. I'll do it right now. If Jackson Morrow wins Rookie of the Year, I'll get a Jackson Morrow jersey. Yeah. I'll hitch my wagon. That's my guy now. Jackson Morrow... Here, here's the declaration. Jax Morrill, officially one of hashtag my guys. And if he wins rookie of the year, I'll get his jersey. Yes. He's one of my guys. Shout out to the Chrome. Uh, final game of the weekend, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. The largest spread of the weekend. Archers, two and a half point favorites over the Cannons. Over-unders, 25 and a half. You have to think the archers are going to come out like madmen after losing both games this past weekend, going from top of the table to second place. They're pissed off. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, you could see it on their faces after, you could hear it in their voices in the press conference after the game. They are going to be out for blood. And unfortunately, it's just the cannons running into them. So, like, I, you can't pick against the archers. Like, sure, they lost twice this this past weekend. Both games were one goal games on literally like final possession plays. One thing goes right in either of those games. Like, the archers are still undefeated. They're they're still playing very well. Um, and I don't see how they lose this game. They're going to be rested. Uh, I don't think they have anybody out with injury, so they'll be they'll be ready to rock and roll. Um, give me the archers; they'll win by four, at least. And it's like I think some of those guys on that offense felt like they didn't have a good, a good weekend last weekend. Yeah, Connor Fields, um, Ryan McNamara, and Marcus Holman, Trey Leclaire. Yeah, a couple guys that are kind of just like, "Yo, I was not myself." So mm-hmm. definitely expecting the offense to pop off this weekend. Yeah. I think the Archers offense will be back to what we've seen them do and just stockpiling points and going up against the Cannons defense that is beatable, which we've seen time and time again this season. So that'll be a fun back-and-forth game, fun little Sunday night lacrosse. 
uh, on the old television. Is that one on? Yeah, that one's on NBCSN. So Sunday Night Lacrosse on actual TV. Um, two games on NBCSN this week. Redwoods mm-hmm. Whipsnakes and Cannons Archers both on NBCSN. So that's exciting. Um, so those are the games. The picks this weekend, I think you and I are on the same page for the most part. We're both going... Or no, the first game is where we were kind of at odds. Yeah. Are you going cannons? Because I, I like the water dogs in that game. Mm. It is a must win for the cannons, though. Don't get it twisted. Like, I, I truly believe it's a must win for the cannons. I think I'm going to go cannons. I think this game could go to overtime. It, it very well could. Like I, I can see this game going overtime, no doubt about it. Um, Lyle Thompson hasn't had a good game. That's been weird. Lyle's been like getting the clamps, which this is might, not normal. This is a defense for him to be able to kind of. I mean, that. we'll get the Eli Gobreg Lyle Thompson matchup, which will be very fun to watch because yeah. you know they're going to put Eli on him. Um, they still got Paul and Stephen Reefus up top. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Keith- Ryan Drenner. Ryan Drenner. Like the offense has there was at one point last week when they were playing Chaos, Cannons had on the field (laughs) all of those guys. It was Drenner, Lyle, Shane, Q, Paul, and Reefus. Yeah. (laughs) It's like this is stupid. Like who who put this team together and how is that possible? Let's also not forget they have Connor Buzik too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to take Cannons. I'm going to go Water Dogs plus one and a half. So if they win, great. But I, I think this game's going to be very close because, like, both teams are going to be able to score. It's going to be interesting to see how they the Water Dogs go without uh, Drew Snyder. But I, I like Jake Withers in the face-off matchup. And, like, everybody that knows me knows I love face-offs. So, like... Jake Withers over Reisman will be a fun – it's going to be a fun matchup because it'll be Reisman's first action, really, like consistent action this season. Um, so that's why I give the, the slight nod there to Jake Withers. And, I mean, I think X-Factor is that courier. Like, he just does it all. Like, he's just on – he's on his own planet when it comes to just how he plays. Um but this game is like going to be a lot of fun to watch. So Friday night lacrosse there is where we're split. You're taking cannons. I'll go water dogs plus one and a half. Uh, the rivalry game. Redwoods whips. Taking the over. <laughs> I'm put. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. You taking the Redwoods. I'm taking the Redwoods. Taking the Redwoods. I, I think I could take them this week. I think this... I think Rambo being out is such an X factor. Yeah, and TD. I mean. TD is like a game. Like, they haven't had a fate. Like, I'm pretty sure when Redwoods won their one game against the Whip Snakes was the first time Beast got hurt. Yeah. So like they were, they had uh, Nick Osello was taking faceoffs. If I'm not mistaken, in Atlanta, like, yeah, they haven't had a faceoff guy against the Whips that was a hundred percent healthy 
slash new PLL rules the way TD does. Yeah, yeah, he's unreal. I don't. Know. I will say this: I think this will be the lowest face-off percentage win game for TD this season. Yes, it's going like, to be. It's going to be for TD. It'll be pedestrian. This will be the hardest battle for him. Like it's going to be very close to 50-50, I think. Yeah, between these two guys, I'd be shocked if it leans one way or the other, favoring one of these guys. But I'm gonna go Redwoods. Fuck it, let's go, let's ride. Yep, yep. <laughs> there's a there, you know, there's a there's a hole in the armor for the whip snakes. They, we, there's a game plan on how to beat them. And if I know Nat, he's watching film of that Chrome game from 2019 and from this from two weekends ago when Chrome beat Whip Snakes. And it's like, this is what we have to do. He's also never had RP3. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. Huge deal. So that's going to be game of the week for me. Atlas Chaos. Let me look at this line again. Atlas minus one and a half. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull your trick. I'm gonna take the over. <laughs> <laughs> over twenty four and a half. <laughs> Give me the over in that game, hands down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Give me the over. I think if you're if you're not betting on a game this weekend, it might be that game to stay away from. Yes, that would definitely be. Chrome Water Dogs were both on the same page. Chrome by a bazillion. Yes, yes. And then uh, Archers Cannons, Archers by a bazillion. Yeah. So those are our picks of the week. Uh, If a gambling company wants to sponsor us, please slide in the DMs and let's get it rolling. Uh, The final bit of news we got to talk about is the big news in the NLL. Bleacher Report is out, and in Canada, at least, TSN is in. Now, I'm sure casual fans are wondering, you know, why is this such a big deal? You know, blah, 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 blah. Why why are people freaking out? Multi-year media rights partnership with TSN and the NLL in Canada. It is a big deal on a number of fronts because one, I think one thing that was holding the NLL back was that their games, unless you were in that local market. So like in Philly, you could watch it on like, you know, PHL 17. If you were in, uh, I'm pretty sure Georgia had it on like TNT or like their local, like Turner channel. But like, all the other out-of-market games, you had to get Bleacher Report live, which you had to pay for. And obviously, you got it was like buying like Sunday ticket for the NFL. Now, with TSN, at least 126 live games to Canadian markets across broadcast and live streaming platforms. So on TV, on streaming, exclusive rights to the regular season quote NLL game of the week as well as comprehensive playoff action, including the NLL Championship Series, NLL coverage uh, to TSN and TSN Direct subscribers through live streaming on its digital platforms, 
tsn.ca and the TSN app, and then schedule details and additional content information to be announced in the coming months, obviously. But like TSN is basically like the ESPN of Canada. So like this is going big time. Like this is where Canadian sports happen. This is where the NHL is at in Canada. Like the NLL on TSN is such a big deal. Like it is huge. I heard rumblings that like a big announcement was coming down the pipeline from Canada. Uh, and I'm hearing similar rumblings that like things are, are happening on the U S front now too, since bleacher reports out. And it, it only makes sense that something in the U S is going to happen to coincide with TSN. Um, but getting the NLL on the eyes of people on cable is huge. It's huge for the growth of the league. This is your, you hitch a, a wagon to a, a market instead of just a team. And this is how the league continues to grow. This is why you get the Wayne Gretzky's and the Dustin Johnson's and the Steve Nash's becoming owners in this league. This is how you get the video game rolling down the line. This is how you get this this league to grow to being, you know, a 30 to 32 team league, like the major four sports. When I saw that this was coming down today and that it's a multi-year deal, I wanted to do backflips seeing the NLL and TSN logo together. Like this is the biggest deal for the NLL ever. I'd say like, this is massive. Yeah. I mean, now, this is a, a lot like what I've been saying with, you know, field lacrosse here is that it's got to be on ESPN more. It's got to be on NBC. Like it's got to be on these so that the average person that's just bored scrolling through cable can be like, whoa, what's this? And now they're interested. Like the more it's on cable, the more the sport will grow, will grow because it's going to reach more homes off cable than it will off streaming. Yeah. And I mean, you buy the streaming platform, whatever it may be on, that way you can watch it on the road, whatever it may be. But like to be able to just turn the TV on, boom, here's the NLL. Here's the NLL game of the week on TSN. Like the marketability alone that Canada is going to have to have the NLL game of the week on TSN is absurd. Like you think about like hockey night in America on TSN. That's what this can grow to. Like we could have, you know, an NLL-esque type of show. This leads, this also like leads to the league teams and markets having a pre and post game show on TV for these teams, which one opens up jobs for people. It opens up, Hey, I'm just saying, hello, commissioner Sakevich, friend of the show. Like let's get OTB as a pre or post game show. Like, I mean, if, if Charles Barkley and all them can do it as long as they have, on TNT, let's get the OTB. Could you imagine the OTB boys in a studio doing NLL pregame, postgame? Like, come on, come on, let's let's do this. Like, yeah, that's a dream team. That's like, crazy. Like, I'm just saying, we're that, available. <laughs> that would grow the sport so much too. You know, like it's not just like that's the thing that bothers me about you know the streams now is. You, if you log on early, you're not going to see them warming up. You're not going to hear any, 
you're not going to hear anything. The stream doesn't start until the game starts. Like, and you know, something's got to change about that. We need an actual legit halftime show. Like we need all of this stuff. That's part of the game. Yeah. It, that's the, I think that's the biggest hurdle right now in terms of watching it on TV is that you don't have that pregame analysis to like break down the game. It doesn't bring the casual fan in. It doesn't bring the gambling fans in. Like they need to have a, a legit pregame show, a legit postgame show. If it's like in a local market, um, you need a halftime show to break down all the action that's happening. And I think this deal happening with TSN alone is going to open the floodgates for that to happen. Cause you think of the markets that the NLL are in, in Canada alone with this deal for TSN, you have Halifax who has a rabid fan base already and have only played less than a season in Halifax. You have the Toronto rock who are a perennial powerhouse, which I don't know if you know, TD plays for that team now, um, which is stupid. (laughs) Um. Uh, you have Saskatchewan, which is like your New England Patriots dynasty team in Canada. You have the Calgary Roughnecks, the longest defending champs in professional sports. Uh, you have the Vancouver Warriors, like upstart, young, building team. And I'm totally forgetting one of the teams. And they're probably going to criticize me for it if I don't check who it is. So I said we've got Halifax, Toronto, Saskatchewan. Oh, no, I did get all the Canada teams. Let's go. Pat's on back. Good job, KB. Um, and then, like, you have all the, the teams that are close to, like, the Canadian border, like Rochester, Buffalo, Albany now, like, super close. Like, the marketability alone with TSN is huge. I can't wait to see, like, what the eventual U.S. deal is going to be, where it ends up being, because... Let me tell you, if it's on a major network like an NBC, a CBS, ABC, ESPN, like look out because it's going to be. And like the thing is, too, is like it's on the weekends, like it's it's on the weekends. It's towards the end of football season. So you're not going to have to worry like too much about the NFL interfering with the schedule. And outside of that, like. You know, sure, you have the new hockey deal on ESPN and you have that kind of coming into the spotlight. So we'll see how that all works out in terms of just like games getting scheduled. And then it's like the NBA doesn't really get into full swing until Christmas anyway. And that's typically like right when the NLL starts. So like you'll have things to bounce off of with it. I'm just excited that it's looking more and more likely that we're going to have the NLL on national TV on cable. And it's going to grow this league and it's going to get name and player recognition, like recognition through the roof. And people are going to be talking about the Matt Rambos, the Grant Amens, you know, like household names. And that's the exciting part, too, is like these guys are going to get that national recognition from, you know, the Scott Van Pelts. And you're going to get it from, you know, the Sports Center at night with top 10 plays and that's I think also going to propel the league to where like these guys aren't going to have to work nine to fives anymore. And I can't wait for the league to get to that point. And that's also going to grow the PLL, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to see that, Oh, you know, Grant, a Matt, Matt Rambo, Trevor Baptiste, all these guys playing the PLL too. They're going to start coming over to watch that as well. Now, both these leagues have emerged to that point. Could you imagine if the NLL, Say in the U.S. it ends up on ESPN because you already have 
it makes a lot of sense if it ends up being that way because you already have the college, you know, tournament on ESPN flowing the NLL to the college game on ESPN. And then the NBC deal, if I'm not mistaken, with the PLL is up after this season. Imagine if the PLL goes to ESPN and it all flows. The only thing I'd be sad about if the PLL left NBC is the broadcast team. Because Burke and Boyle are great. They are. They are. But I won't miss the media guys because they never do much before. It yeah, to me. I mean, I think if NBC is going to retain the PLL, they're going to have to figure out a, a pregame, postgame, halftime show. Like, you have to have that. It's it's just a, a necessity, and whether it's the league hires the people to do it, or it's NBC, or a combination of the two, you need to have something like that. And I think if you're going to have the game, say, on, like, NBCSN, have your Peacock broadcast be like a gambling broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like how ESPN does like the sabermetrics, like baseball broadcast. And then you have the regular one that's like Alex Rodriguez and everybody. And then they have the, the sabermetric analytics nerd. Like give a, a variety of broadcasts to, you know, open the door to different things. And I hope the NLL does that too with like put a game on Twitch, you know, like put a game somewhere like that is going to bring in a different audience uh, to the sport because I think it, it'll work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, you may lose a little bit of revenue for doing it, you know, once or twice, but it's going to be worth it in the long run. Because, like, think about, like, the amount of people that have an NFL game up and they go to Twitch because their favorite Twitch streamer does broadcasts of the game. and They do play by play on their Twitch channel because they want to listen to somebody that they're familiar with and that they, like, connect with. It, it makes so much sense in the way that things are going like digitally and like how broadcasts are now. Like it makes so much sense to put like at least one game on like a streaming platform like that, like a Twitch or a YouTube TV like baseball does. Like the Peacock thing, I think, has been like swaying towards that. But like make the broadcast a little bit different. I, th- I think it would bring in a bunch of different audiences like NFL Thursday Night Football, they do that. Like you have the NFL Network, you have Fox, you have a Twitch stream with like Chris Long and people. Like give variety. You have the Amazon stream. Like give everybody a different chance to like kind of dip into the the waters that they want in terms of their broadcasts. And I think you'll bring in a lot more fans viewership wise. Oh, hundred percent. The more target audiences you can try and engage, just the more eyeballs you'll have a chance of it you know grasping it just makes total sense you know the bigger your survey pool the better your results you know exactly um we said we might tease who's coming on the pod since it's official it is booked it's been changed a bunch we'll wait though you guys will find out next week shout out scotty royster uh because he's excited for the pod he doesn't even know who's who it is but he's excited so shout out to the man the myth the legend Uh, But that's all we got for you guys this week. Make sure you're following us on social media to keep up to date. Figure out who the guest is. You'll know if you're following us on social media at OTB LaxPod, Twitter and Instagram. I'll give you guys a hint. That person follows us on Twitter. There you go. We have like 1,200 and some odd followers. Go ahead and do some digging. Uh, (laughs) At OTB LaxPod, Twitter and Instagram. Keep up to date with all the crazy shit we're doing. 
Uh, luckily, we're at home for the next month or so. Not back out on the road until Albany. So I get to not have to pack a suitcase and drive all over the place for the next couple of weeks. So I'll get to enjoy the PLL from home. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Dom on Twitter at Wash Lifestyle. Follow Harrison on Twitter at HarryGK83. DJ, drop the socials for the people. Uh, Twitter is capital S, capital C, lowercase s, underscore next great. You can find all my other socials on Twitter. Big facts. Make sure you're following DJ. Like, I'll tell you what. Like, when I was missing stuff this past weekend on Long Island, uh, DJ's live tweeting every game, and it's fantastic. And, like, it's it's pure gold. You need to be followed. He's a must-follow on lacrosse Twitter. He's a must-follow. Uh, if you're a Packers fan, how'd you feel about Aaron Rodgers in the match? Hey, I mean, I'm letting him do his thing right now. I got my whole, I ain't going to say nothing about it, and he'll just walk back <laughs> and everything will be okay. If you ask me, the man could show up at kickoff and he'd still be the starting quarterback. So <laughs> as long as he doesn't officially say he's not a Green Bay Packer, I'm going to ride You're, it. It's good in your book. It's good in my book. Uh, so make sure you're following DJ and of course, check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. I'm conjuring up the blogs that I do when it comes to the PLL. I'm comparing the top five face-off guys to the infinity stones in the Marvel, uh, cinematic universe. So stay tuned for that blog. It's, uh, it's in the works and I think it's going to be a very good read. Uh, very similar kind of thing that I did last year when I compared Mac Audette to uh, jigsaw. Because uh, do you want to play Matt Gaudette's game? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but stay tuned for that one. And that's where you get all of our written content. And, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about these games this weekend, how you feel about the TSN NLL deal, and anything else in between when it comes to the lacrosse universe. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do, too, and we know they're five stars. And a uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Tomahawk Shades. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka and Kenwood Beer. TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP at checkout to get 25% off your order. TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get the vodka soda party packs. Have a have a vodka soda while you're watching these games this weekend. StatesideVodka.com. Got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer. If you don't have Stateside, go get a Kenny or get both. But don't drink them at the same time drink in moderation it's okay you don't you don't want to you know booze yourself out there's a lot of games to take in this weekend uh kenwoodbeer.com use the kenny tracker to see who has kenwood beer on tap and you got to be 21 or older to enjoy an ice cold kenny of course please drink responsibly this has been another episode of the outside the box podcast part of the underground sports philadelphia podcast network and uh it's been episode number 177 177 of these episodes and you crazy sons of guns listen to every single one it's absolutely ridiculous the fact that we're on the verge of 200 is just stupid uh this podcast is ridiculous uh thank you guys for checking it in to uh this episode we'll be back next week with our special guest and if you guess it maybe we'll uh we'll hook you up with some with some special we'll let you guys know who that guest is on social at OTB Laxpod. But this has been episode 177 of OTB. For DJ, I'm KB. 
we are signing off. Enjoy the games in Minnesota.